All right, we are on Chaf Amud Aleph. We have a great Amud, sort of an unusual story coming up in a few minutes. Um, you'll see what I mean by unusual. <laughs> but let's get rolling. We're four lines from the top by the two dots. Omar Lerav Papa Labayer. Papa said to buy my Shna Rishainim this Rachish Lahuni. So why is it that the earlier generations, they had miracles done to them? Umashna Anan, but us. Why by us? We are not, we do not merit to have miracles done to us. Why is that? So he's going to suggest a couple of reasons as to why that is the case. What's the difference between the early generations and the latter generations? If it's because they learn more. That's not the case. Rav Yehuda of the earlier generation, all he did was learn Nezikin, which is one of the six Siddharim of Shas. But we learned the entire Shas. Obviously, these are the Amirah I'm talking. We know they learned the entire Shas because they <laughs> wrote the Gemaras and discussed the Gemaras. So obviously, they learned the entire Shas, all six Siddharim. So it can't be that they, in fact, learned more Torah than us. We learned more Torah than them. would reach Mesechtas Uktzin, which is the last Mesechtas in Shas, Shas Mishnayis at least. That they would learn different halachas regarding uh, uh, pickling certain things. Women are women are allowed to pickle certain things and uh, different complicated halachas. Amar he would say, "Have I got no idea what's going on here. I got no idea what's going on here." He would say, yeah, "Listen, I, I, this is very unclear to me. This is very difficult, very difficult halachas." But we learn Uktzin in 13 different yeshivas. Machlekes Rashi, Taisvis, what this means exactly. Rashi says it means we learn it in 13 different ways. Taisvis says it means literally. We learned, we have 13 different yeshivas studying Mesechtas Uktzin. But either way, we know Mesechtas Uktzin. They didn't know Uktzin. They didn't know all these Mesechtas. So we learn more than them. And yet, why? And we still have, don't have miracles done to them. And they did have miracles done to them. Why is that? And Rav Yehuda, uh, furthermore, he's giving another taina, like why shouldn't we have miracles? Rav Yehuda would simply remove his shoe and rain would come for him, meaning he would do something small and Hashem would listen to him and give him rain. But we pain ourselves. And we cry. And nobody listens to us. We don't get rain. Why is it that they did small things and they were listened? But us, we do big things. We cry, we learn, we learn shas and everything, and we don't get miracles done to us. So, You know why? You know why they had miracles and we didn't? Because they were moiser nefesh. They really gave themselves over for Kiddush Hashem, for Torah. They really gave themselves over for Hashem. But we are not moiser nefesh for, 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 for Torah. We're not, we're not like that. They were really, uh, gave, it, gave it their all. And uh, what's the media connected media here? Since they went above and beyond for Hashem, so Hashem goes above and beyond for them, i.e. above and beyond nature, i.e. performing miracles. So that's the media connected media. This is the unusual story that I mentioned a couple minutes ago. Rav Adabarahava saw a kusis, a non-Jewish uh, or I'm sorry, a non-Jewish lady, and she was wearing some sort of, uh, it's unclear what it is, some sort of garment that was not sinius. Maybe it was red, a red scarf maybe, but either way, the garment wasn't sinius. So, suffer the basis Now, in reality, this woman was a guy, a goya, but he thought she was, in fact, a Jewish girl. So, come kriyamine agli milsa, I'm sorry, come kriyamine crazy enough, he went over and ripped it off. Obviously, she was wearing other clothes, right? But he ripped off this not garment because he, for Kiddush Hashem, right? 
And Agli Milsa de Kusis, he later on it was revealed to him, to, to Ravada Barava, that he thought it was a Basisral, he thought it was a Jewish girl. Later on it was revealed that it was in fact a Gaish girl, so he acted unjustly. So Shaimu uh, Ba'arba so, uh, the, the garment was worth 400 Zuz, so now he owed her 400 Zuz. So Amalei Mashimcha, he said, What's your name? Mashmech, right? What's her name? Amalei, she said to him, Maton, my name is Maton. Amala maton maton arba meyazuzi shavi. You are worth now four hundred zuz. By the way, why is the name maton? So there's uh, two opinions about this. Either matayim comes from the word matayim, which is two hundred masayim. Um, two sets of two hundred is four hundred. Or maton comes from the notion of waiting, and he didn't wait long enough to calm down and assess the situation before he acted. By the way, I certainly do not recommend to go up to uh, someone in the shuk if they're wearing something they're not supposed to be wearing and tearing it off. <laughs> obviously not. Um, it was obviously a different society back then. In fact, Rosh Hashanah Arbach says that the opposite would have been Kiddush Hashem nowadays. Meaning back then, in the times of Tanayim, when they were living in Tanayim, okay, fine. Then Kiddush Hashem was going off and making a stance in the shuk and ripping off Natsini's garment. But nowadays, if someone went up to someone in public and ripped off a Natsini's garment, it would in fact be Chil Hashem. It would be the complete opposite. One has to know, there are a lot of stories in the Gemara, but one has to know how to apply that story in that generation, right? That that story occurred in that generation, and so therefore it has to be applied to that generation um, just you know, just just to know the differences between obviously the society that li- they lived in and the society that we lived in, and the society that P- Jews have lived in throughout the throughout the years. Okay, let's go weiter. We'll see a couple more unusual stories, <laughs> if you will. Rav Gidel have a the Havakazil Rav Gidel, interestingly enough, would sit outside the mikvahs when the women were going to Bitaifil, go to the mikvah. Ramilhu would say to them, pretty much give him give him advice on how to go to the mikvah, how to dip themselves in the mikvah. So Malay, they said to him, Rabbanan, the Rabbanan said to him, like him Yetzahara, the obvious question. Are you not worried about Yetzahara? You're looking at women coming in and out of the mikvah. You're not worried Yetzahara is going to overcome you? So Amalhu, he said to them, very interesting. He says they're like white geese to me. It's like nothing to me. Right? I, I, I don't see, uh, it, it doesn't do anything to my Yetzahara which is just a fascinating thing. And again, again, I would not recommend sitting outside women's mikvahs and, and giving them advice. These, again, all situations are applied to each generation differently. And, you know, them, they were, every single second was so calculated and everything they do, did was so calculated. So that's what he held. He held that uh, that, that it didn't affect his Yitzhahara at all. But uh, obviously, I... Nowadays, that would be a completely different different ballgame. would do the same thing. He would sit outside the mikvahs when the women would come in and out to go to the mikvah. He said that when the when the Jewish girls would come out from the mikvah, they should stare at me. Interesting, just stare at me. It'll be good for the children, be beneficial for the children, like a good schooler or something, if they stare at me. Very interesting. So the Rabbanan asked him a similar question. He said, Isn't, is, aren't you worried about Ayn Hara? Right? They're staring at you. Aren't, aren't you worried about Ayn Hara? So Amalui said to them, I am from Yosef. I'm from Yosef HaTzadik. We know the famous by Yosef Tzadik that there's no Ayn Hara on, 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 on Yosef Tzadik. So therefore, because I'm an heir, I'm uh, I'm I'm from the gener- from from the family of Yosef Tzadik, so I don't have an Ayn Hara. Dechsev ben Pyras Yosef ben Pyras Eli Ayn. Va'imer Rabbi Avo Altegreli Eli Eli Ayn Ela Oily Ayn, which means above the eye, right? Yosef was above the eye, meaning the Ayn Hara did not affect Yosef. He says, we learn from here that the Ayn Hara didn't affect Yosef. 
It says right there, just like the fish in the sea. The water covers them, therefore there can't be an ayin by fish because they can't see. The water is covering them. They can't even see. You need to see in order for there to be an ayin Yosef. So to the children of Yosef, ain't ayin hara Just like the fish, they don't have an ayin hara. Not, not just Yosef Tzadik himself, but the children as well. And that's what Rabbi Yechon says was the case here. Saying Yosef, another answer as to why Yosef didn't have an ayin hara is because he didn't feast his eyes on something that wasn't his. I.e., the story with obviously Aishas Patifar. Where uh, he didn't give in to his Yitzhahara in that case. So that's why the Ayin Hara never affects him. Okay, there's really a lot here. Um, just one, one point before we finish. Um, the, what, what, why in the first case do they say you're not concerned about your Yitzhahara? In the second case do they say you're not concerned about your um, Ayin Hara? Why do we differentiate, right? So by the Yitzhahara guy, which was Rav Gidl, he in fact had a long eye. The Bach says on the side of the Gemara, he said he had long eyelashes. So therefore his eyes were covered. So there was no concern of Ayin Hara. And by the second time, the second story, why did they ask Mabirchanan, right? Why did they ask him about Yetzahara specific specifically and not um Yetzahara? Because they were staring at him. Ayin Hara. They were staring at him. That's why it would be an Ayin Hara for them to look at him. That was the advice he gave him. Okay, Shkayach, we're under ten minutes today. Pretty unbelievable. A nice summer jam packed, as I said, but we'll stop there on the bottom of Chaf Ahmed Aleph by the Mishnah.